Hey, this is Alex Judd, and this is a bonus episode that our team recorded specifically to bring you hope and practical action items that you can use as a small business owner to tackle this whole coronavirus situation. So here's Daniel Tardy with Ramsey Personality, Dr. John Deloney. Hey guys, Daniel Tardy and the Entree Leadership Team here at Ramsey Solutions, and I'm honored today to be joined by Dr. John Deloney. You're honored. I'm semi honored. <laughs> we'll see by the end of this That's if I'm honored or not. Dr. Deloney is a Ramsey personality and uh, has been with the Ramsey team uh, for a few months now, but uh, we've had a relationship uh, that preceded that. Uh, he came in and started doing devotions for us here at our office and uh, just an incredible uh, human being. Um, specializes in well, I'm not. I'm not going to tell people what your specialty is. You can, but the things that jump out to me from some of your stories is uh, crisis management, jumping into uh, really intense situations where uh, there's been some kind of crisis with the family, and you show up on the scene and you're bringing the voice of calm and reason. Obviously, you know a ton about neuroscience and psychology and like how we deal with stress and anxiety and it's all the stuff that I don't really, I'm not smart enough to talk about, but I follow it and I'm fascinated I'm by how either. it all works. So <laughs> I got my info off Wikipedia. It's good. Thank you. This is great. No credentials at all for, for both of us at this point. Um, you know, it, it has been a blur. The last few weeks have just been like this time warp for me. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to a lot of business owners out there who are just going every day's a grind Every day is trying to respond to this latest um, disruption, mm-hmm. fear, panic, anxiety. All these things are real, and they're they're more prominent right now for business owners more than ever. Uh, I think our our audience is really going to enjoy hearing from you because I know you have a lot of practical tools to offer. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, appreciate that. Thanks, man. Take us back to Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> Which yeah. is where I'm from. I thought you were going to say West Philadelphia, where we were born and raised. You spent, <laughs> you spent a minute in Lubbock, Texas. Mm, I did. Uh, tell, our, tell our people what you did there on the – were you on the police force? No. You partnered with them? I was so – There was, I was part of a – it was called the Victim Services Crisis Response Team. And it started by – Victim Services Crisis Response crisis Team. Response. And it was started by an old psychology professor of mine that I had when I was an undergrad – a really remarkable guy and mentor for me. His name is Dr. Andy Young. And um, he's a counselor that loved working with police officers and SWAT teams. And, and But the the goal of this team was, let's say I've got a four-year-old and a 10-year-old. Let's say my four-year-old in the middle of the night passes away suddenly. When I woke up in the morning and I, we found her, I would call 911 and the police would show up and they work that scene homicide back. What's the worst thing that could have happened mm-hmm. here to, like, what's the, what's the, that's that's not helpful to a, grieving manic Essentially, you're saying they assume one of these parents may have killed their child. Everyone clear out of here. We're going to look at the facts, take pictures, the whole, yeah, it's a really, it's a really clinical and Mm. heartbreaking process. And so what we would do is I'd get a text and it just said 1087 and an address. And so it'd be the police code for someone has passed away. That's 1087. 1087. Often didn't know who, how old, could be a, a young child, could be an old person, who knows. And, um, and then we'd show up. And then you were just there to sit with the families, help them get from this moment to the next moment and that moment to the next moment and connect them with services and with connections and family, tell them what's going to happen. So um, it was a – it was a, I call them holy moments, not not in a – like a traditional church kind of way, but 
like it's when someone's darkest they've got nothing right then right it's their darkest moment and uh, it was a it was a it was a beautiful moments with folks in that kind of a moment is there is there a lot of dialogue no. Are you are you trying to talk them through it, or you're just kind of there? Like, what's the goal? I mean, if you can even have a goal for something like that. No, and I think we I think we're all experiencing that now, which is a culture that thought we could solve all of our problems by thinking about it and get more degrees and more information and more certifications, and then all of a sudden, this virus from a small little community on the other side of the world mm. kind of wipes us out, and there's nothing to what is, what is there to say, right? Other than um, we're just talking to somebody this. Got their wife got the email um, yesterday. We don't know if this. We don't know if there's any checks beyond this one, right? Like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. And that's where presence and relationships and vulnerability and feelings—these things that we, as a culture, have just shoved away for years mm-hmm. and years and years—now they're surfacing in a, in a pretty robust way. But no, when you're sitting with a mom who's lost their child, there's not, what can you say? There's nothing mm-hmm. to say. Um, and that's where this gift of presence is so important, and the gift of being clear, and gift of Here's what's going to happen in this moment. Here's what's going to happen in this moment. Um, just gentle facts and um, really bringing some calm and, and mm. collective grace to those moments. What do you do with that um, that urge? You know, whether you're, you're a parent that just lost their child, God forbid. I mean, I can't imagine. Or you're a business owner that's losing their company right now. Mm. Or you're you're an employee who, you know, you don't know if the next check is coming in and you're thinking about, basic things like groceries, Mm -hmm. we have that urge to fix it. Mm -hmm. We have that urge to not let worst-case scenario happen, to fight, to to bow up against it, and to start coming up with solutions, or to deny that it's real, Mm -hmm. right, to kind of block it out. What do we – why do we have that impulse, and what do we do with it? Um, I think the impulse is like a natural – it's a, that's part of our wiring, right? It, our body sounds our alarms, and we usually fall into a pattern that we've been following our whole lives, right? Um, some people th- say it's because of birth order. Some say it's because of your trauma history, whatever. But most of us have been solving problems the same way mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Some of us by curling up in a ball and crying about them. That's how we get attention. Some of us by bucking up and fighting the system, mm-hmm. and that's how we solve problems. Um, but eventually, your coping mechanism runs up against a problem that you can't address in that way. And that's where – What is it – when we're doing those things, what are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying to avoid pain? It, it depends, right? Um, often men show that they're scared. That For a clinical term, men show depression by curling up in a ball or bucking up, mm-hmm. right? And so you can look across our world right now and see all of the bravado going on. That to me is a sign that someone's really struggling. Mm. Um, that tells me somebody's hurting on the inside. Um, and it's not helpful, and in fact, it can it can be painful. Is it because it's not like you can tell it's not real, or it's is it a facade? Like why why can you see somebody's putting on the bravado and say that's a sign that they're hurting? Um, the analogy I will give you is the time I ran into Chuck Liddell, the the UFC fighter, um, years before he was Chuck Liddell. But I I was an underground obsessive fan, and I ran into him in Las Vegas, and it messed me up for the weekend, dude. Um, and here's why. Because the lights are blinking in a Vegas casino, and it's loud, and it's noisy. And I stopped him and said, hey, you're, you're chuckling, all right? And he spent some time with me, and then he took off. And he had this aura. I'd never met Yoda, but that's how I def- – it was this aura of peace mm-hmm. and this aura of you're the only guy in this room right now. And we shook hands, and I talked about what a great fan. He took a picture with me, and it messed me up all weekend. Because that was – he has a tattoo on his head, mohawk, he's hardcore. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. That guy's got nothing to prove. 
Huh. He can beat up every person on earth except for like two, right? And Like you and, and me, maybe. Yeah, like and we'd be the two. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> and so, but it was this idea that the louder the bark, uh. the more someone's compensating, right? Those who are comfortable with who they are have solid relationships that they are anchored into right now, have a faith and um, a, some kind of spiritual sense that's bigger than them. Those are the ones calling their employees right now saying, mm. hey, are you okay? Right. Call me if you need something and are thinking, how do we get through today and how do we get through tomorrow? And can we pivot our business that are calmly going mm-hmm. about solving their problems? It's not the ones getting up there being like, oh, does that make sense? Yeah. And so yeah. um, it's when I see that, my first instinct is to go grab somebody by their face and mm-hmm. say, you're good enough. Mm-hmm. Let's get quiet and let's grieve this. Right. Because what we had is gone. And let's figure out what we're going to do next in a controlled, gentle way. Someone who's hearing this right now going, oh, my gosh, that's. That's me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been that person. As have I. As have I. And maybe even yesterday, if right. I'm honest. You know, it's, not, it's a moving target. Right. Is it something they can just identify and say, oh, I just need to stop compensating and I can just make a decision? I mean, how do you – if that's all you know – The signal like, for you, me is when you start dividing the world up and us and them, that's when you know you're not well. And so when you start saying things like or thinking things like, if they would jest, if the sentence, if they would jest, I don't care who they is and I don't care what the jest is. Mm. This situation is so complex and so many interwoven economies and so many dis- like disparate medical models and so many different communities trying to solve this in different ways. Mm-hmm. There is no just solution to this, right? There is no if they would just do th- – that is not how that works. But when we get scared and we begin to – our brains start to cycle, and it, this is my anxiety spin mm. here. It really starts to go, I just need to do something. I need to mm. solve this problem, right? And we get real obsessed with action, doing, doing. Um, when you feel yourself say, if they would just, that's when you know you've, you've pushed over that line. Mm. And that's when you got to stop. Because that's when you start finding people to blame. And when you start blaming people, yeah. you start judging them. When you start judging them, then you have to have somebody to huh. punish. And that trajectory doesn't end well for anybody. So when you're when you're going, if they would just is, I guess the problem with that is because the problem's outside of you, right? Like, and the, not, and the reality you is, you can't deal with. Yeah, and and dude, like, I got two PhDs, and I've got some friends across the country from Harvard to little Christian schools that are real smart people, mm-hmm. like brilliant thinkers, and. None of us are virologists or epidemiologists. I always say that we're wrong. Um, none of us are have the skills to do the macroeconomic yeah. domino game that we're all trying to play here so the whole thing doesn't fall over. And so the reality is anything that comes out of my mouth, Daniel, I'm making it up. Mm. And we're not good at that, right? Any news channel I click on is just telling me what I want to hear. Any website that I click on a couple of times is going to continue to cycle back what I want to hear. Mm. It's going to reinforce me. My friends are... Which Carefully is that, curated. What do they group. call it? Confirmation bias. Um, it, I mean, like, you, you search for the answers that you want, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You already have a position, and then you find the data mm-hmm. allegedly that kind of that backs supports it up. you. Uh-huh. And now that we've got smart news and smartphones that just reinforce that back to us, mm-hmm. and so the reality is we don't know, and mm-hmm. we are not built on to, to handle uncertainty, and so we start grabbing for certainty. And usually, the most certain thing is I'm right and you're wrong, and that's the easiest default setting to go to, right? So, you know, business leaders, like this is a tough conversation because we're wired for taking uncertainty and then, I don't know, making it certain. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're taking chaos and making it concrete, 
make it actionable, give it to the team, crush forward, deny your mm-hmm. fear, bow up in the face of uncertainty and mm-hmm. like make it happen. Bravado. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Deloney's sitting here going, hey, we're not wired for that. And that's kind of a facade. Mm-hmm. So then what do I do? Like if I, if I buy into this whole, like maybe that's not the healthy response, mm-hmm. which I'm probably still skeptical if I'm the typical uh-huh. leader out there. What do I do instead? Like, what is healthy? Um, who gave the speech, never, 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 never give up? Churchill. Okay. And so we often take what Churchill said, and we extrapolate it to, I've got two kids, and my wife's working full-time, mm. and my new Suburban needs new tires. And my business is really gung-ho, and I'm thinking about investing somewhere else. And then we're exhausted, and then our wife calls and says, Susie's sick, and you got to come home. And then we think, never, never, never give up, right? Mm. That's when we use that quote in our current lives. It's helpful to go back to what Churchill was going through, right? His country was over, Mm. right? And he was walking through the streets trying to make sure people were doing okay. And he was painting and writing and thinking when things were real bad. And so what I would tell you is just to circle back to these things that we know, these inherent things. We've basically had a beautiful decade to practice what we now have an opportunity to preach, right? Mm. We've got these things, we've got these things. Now we cannot give up. And that doesn't look like fighting and hitting and punching. It Mm. means like I'm going to get up today and I'm going to win today. And then I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to win tomorrow. And I don't like the language winning because that means somebody's losing. Mm. But I like this idea of I'm going to do the best I can. Do I have? I do. So I've gotten rid of my thing. And people thought this was for that video. It's not. Um, this is my new way to get through a day. This is Deloney. Three by five cards. Dr. Deloney's a three by five card. Because here's the deal. All I can control is my thoughts and my actions. Mm. And so I wrote down the actions and the thoughts I need to have today. Mm. And so I don't have the luxury or the privilege of strategically planning right now. I was supposed to have a year-long entry ramp Mm. to my Ramsey world. And then the world fell apart. And Dave's like, go get him, buddy. (laughs) Go get him. Deep in cannibal. That's right. No, dude, this is like getting tossed off the sides of the Titanic. Hope you can swim. Swim, man. Yeah. Um, And so this is my day. And then I'm going to get to the end of today. I'm going to see what I've checked off. Did I honor people through it? Mm. And then I'm going to write another one tomorrow. And I'm going to do tomorrow. And I'm going to do tomorrow. Anything beyond that is me pretending. It's me projecting. It's me wishing. And that's wishing and projecting isn't helpful right now. The same as wishing somebody's kid would come back mm. when you're holding the mom who's weeping, right? That wish isn't, is just wasted energy, right? Mm. Um, sitting in this moment and grieving it. What are the things that uh, when we're feeling this battle taking its toll on our on our hearts what are the the don't do list right like mm-hmm. that sabotage or hey here's a here's a natural pattern that people might go to but that's really destructive don't don't do this most men i know go to isolation they go to withdrawal and they go to separation and so they get home and they tense, you know, they're, let's, I'm just going to give a generalized stereotypical house. Some guy comes home from his job and his wife is staying at home and she's responsible for homeschooling. And she's been around three crazies all day mm-hmm. and he gets home and he's got this stuff on his shoulders. And so the easiest thing to do is to back up. The easiest thing to do is grab one drink or two drinks mm-hmm. and just back up. And so, um, 
I really want to encourage people to lean into that moment for a minute. Mm. Um, physical touch and human contact um, is critical. And I think it's super important to remember that connection is not communication. Um, those aren't the same thing. Mm. And so we communicate all day long with our staff mm-hmm. and our team. We're communicating with our wives via text. How are things going? I love you. How are things going? That's not connection, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you get home, you've got to have intentional time that you're sitting down like this and saying, how are you? And how can I help? What I know as a guy, you know what? This happened this morning. Let's, let's do scenario yep. exhibit A this morning. <laughs> Tardy household. I get up this morning and I kind of was in a, you know, kind of a funky, foggy. I just, I didn't feel clear and excited about today. And there was just, I didn't sleep awesome last night. I'm going through my routine, getting breakfast. And my wife, Emily, she's amazing. And she's very in tune with like my moods. Um, She's had a lot of practice trying to anticipate like (laughs) what mood are you in? And she could tell something was offbeat. And she said, hey, uh, you okay? And I so badly in that moment wanted to just say, yeah, I'm fine. No problem. Mm. But through some, some work in this area, I've learned like that wasn't actually true. Mm-hmm. And the right thing to do is to let her know, like, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just feel sad. Mm-hmm. But I almost didn't say it. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I didn't know how to explain why. First of all, I felt a little embarrassed mm-hmm. that my bravado self would ever feel sad because right. that feels like weakness. Mm-hmm. And after I got that out and said, I feel sad, and she said, what do you feel sad about? I felt stupid because I couldn't explain. I I don't know. I don't know why I feel sad. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't, like, pinpoint, like, this happened, and now I feel sad. Mm -hmm. I just – it was just a mood. Mm -hmm. And that feels, uh, I don't know, immature or Mm -hmm. childish to just – I'm just in a mood. So if I'm tough, I got to act like I have it together and shake Mm -hmm. it off, you know, like – what, what is it in that moment when we say, this is how I feel, but I don't know how to describe why? Like, what are, what are we going for there? You don't have to qualify your feelings. And you said it perfectly just now. We have labeled feelings and emotions as immature and weak yeah. and uneducated. Yeah. Right? I'm smarter than my grief. I'm smarter than my yeah. sadness. I'm tougher than my grief. Um, and that's not true. And we've been able to mush them down, especially in times of prosperity. We're able to hide that stuff and just run, 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 run from it. Um, and so what I would tell you is you don't have to qualify why you're sad. I mean, I can give you 111 reasons why you <laughs> probably are, but you don't have to have a reason. Hmm. You just have permission to be sad. And we have not had that. Business owners have not had permission to be sad. And one thing I think it's important for husbands, wives, and business owners and leaders to understand is – You only really, truly lose your influence when you start lying to people, when they sense a lack of integrity, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about integrity all the time. And when you're sad or you're scared, people feel it on you. Mm -hmm. They see it on you. They hear it on you. And so if you're rallying, all right, today's another, and we're going to, and this thing in one week is going to be all, man, yeah, they start to feel, wait a minute. And that's when you're going to start losing people. Mm -hmm. The challenge for those of us who haven't spent our lives being vulnerable, which is nobody that I hang out with, is now's the moment. They desperately need permission to feel scared too. But you know what? My, like my cynical uh, – maybe this is immature leadership. But when you say that, what comes to mind is like, yeah, but William Wallace and Braveheart. Uh-huh. You paint your face blue and you raise your sword <laughs> and you say, sons of Scotland, we're going to – here we go. We're going to – like that's the so opposite of what you're saying. But he ran in to die. 
And so inherent in his bravado was the fact that I'm not getting out of this. Mm. And so there is no more vulnerable moment mm. than that. Right now, we don't, have a, we don't have an army to charge at. We're being told to stay home. That's the best thing we can do for our neighbors and the least of these in our communities is to stay away from them. That's why when I'm hearing this unprecedented, that's the thing that doesn't sound like there's a precedent for this is the best way I can help people is to not do anything. Mm. And that's hard. Mm. Right? I, don't have a, I don't have a wiring. Our culture doesn't have a wiring. I don't think anybody in the world has a psychology for this right now. Mm. So William Wallace charging was the single most vulnerable thing you could do because he was charging to his death and we're not doing that. Now, if they say we need 100,000 workers to go get coronavirus to help, and then we're going to hold our family's hands and then charge into that, that would be the most vulnerable, life-giving moment that our great-grandkids will talk about, right? Mm -hmm. We're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think we like to the her heroism in the blue face paint, but not the end result of the William Wallace. We like to charge ahead and then get some more clients, mm -hmm. right? Not charge ahead to our death, mm -hmm. right? And so we, we mistake that bravado for a deeply graceful, vulnerable moment mm. um, where he literally gets gutted at the end of that, mm -hmm. right? He literally displays his guts for everybody. That's vulnerability. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, so... Fighting a fight that you think you can win is mm, not vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that rings true for sure. All right, so without making it a to-do list, because we know that's not the solution. For me, it is right now. Well, but like I'm, I'm, I've got a checklist in my back pocket, right? Okay. Like, so I'm, I'm, I, I, that's the way I've got to get through. Well, there's like this, this paradox of like we're saying you can't do anything, yet there's things, there's things you should do, and I, I think we're contrasting like doing things out of performance versus you still show up. And so what I would say is, it's okay to be scared. Don't live in fear. Mm. And those are, uh, they sound similar, right? And so the. The analogy I'll go to is like the – I'm a Christian guy, so I'll go to Jesus in the garden saying, do we have to do it like this? Mm. Like that was a vulnerable, scary moment. And then he went after right? And then he went went for it, right? William Wallace has the same conversation. And so um, I think it's – you got to be fearful. If you're not scared right now, you should go see a psychiatrist because mm -hmm. something's not right with you, right? So you should be – these are uncertain times. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got to go do but give me the practical on the doing side. You talked about here's things I can control. Talk about helpful tools that at least anchor it. Journaling, mm -hmm. you know, some quiet time, uh, reaching out and, and calling a friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's things we can do mm -hmm. that we can put on our to do list that are actually helping us not do the things that are the performance things, but that are the showing up with our full heart, right? And recognize and i recognize with you like saying the phrase showing up with my full heart if that had come out of my mouth six months ago two years ago i would have i just would have started laughing as it came out right <laughs> um and so i am gonna tell you what i do in my life um i'm starting each morning with writing down my feelings mm. that's, that i just said that sounds terrifying to a lot super of people <laughs> right um, but uh, but no kidding. The other day, uh, two days ago or three days ago, I started with I'm scared. I just woke up scared. I'm scared. I don't know how this ends. And most importantly, I can do nothing about almost all of this. Mm. And then I started with well, here's what I can do today. And so it was clarifying. I put it out there. And there's something about naming the dragon and giving it a name and giving it a place mm. on a written page. And then I can move on from it. If it stays in my head, it just affects everything. 
Um, and then I've got to take care of my body. I've got to take care of my mind. I've got to take care of my relationships. I've got to make sure I'm sleeping. And, the, you know, Ramsey talks a lot about the four walls. So there's, there's a few things that we can control right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the steps I would give people is to write down their feelings, keep uh, a militant about keeping a gratitude journal, and be militant about exercising, and be hyper-militant about connecting with people. Um, holding the hands of your kids and touching your wife. And if you're by yourself, this is going to feel like prison. Um, I've talked to a number of, um, especially people in their 20s and early 30s who live by themselves, mm. and this is turning into a nightmare. And so being over the top about Zoom calls and going for walks. Dude, I look like a clown in my neighborhood because I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, if anyone will make eye contact with me, <laughs> we're doing this. Like, I want to say hi, how are you? And um, it's kind of this funny. Now my kids are doing it, and they don't know that it's super socially awkward for what we're all doing. But um, we look like this doped-up family walking down the street, but I don't care. I have to have it. And I'm trying to make jokes with people. And um, any way I can just grab any shred of connection with people is just super critical. Mm. Um, and then figuring out as we go. We did. My 10-year-old lost his birthday party. It was going to be this weekend. And so we figured out something to do at the house and we're trying to figure out how we're going to virtually do Easter. Um, mm. And so none of this is going to be what we thought it was going to be or, but, and we're grieving it, but we're going to figure it out on the way. This has been really rich. Um, before we wrap up, Dr. D, talk to that business leader who's in the middle of this storm hmm. and, and maybe cast a little bit of vision for what the other side of the storm is going to look like. Because we know that we're going to get through the storm. Hmm. You and I are old enough. We've been through enough crisis. We've seen enough to know the sun does come out Hmm. at some point. Remind us where we're headed, even though we don't know specifically. Hmm. But on principle, we we know there's a brighter future out here. Hmm. What would you say to encourage leaders listening right now about where we're headed? That we'll get through it. And I've been in too many trauma situations over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. No one ever comes back and says, you know, I'm glad I lost my son. No one ever says that. Um, and so we're not going to be grateful for the tragedy. We're not going to be grateful for what just happened. That's sad and it's tragic. But who we become when we decide and when we get rally around with our community and we find new people and we find new strengths, the light on the other side of this is bright and it's good. Otherwise, it, nobody would work in crisis, right? It would just be, it would just be grave digging. That's not why we do this. We do this because I'm going to grab your hand and we're going to walk through you. The light on the other side of this is going to be awesome. The beauty is we know this. The world's going to be different. Like, remember when we were kids, we used to have to go wait at the gate for people at the airport? We don't do that anymore. Now we just drop them off at the, <laughs> we just drop them off and say bye and we drive on, right? Or we call them an Uber to that's, say. That's right. <laughs> and so the world's going to be different. Yeah. This. We just know it is. Um, the beauty is we have a significant hand in shaping what that might look like. Mm-hmm. And so if we can hold intention in one hand that we're going to grieve the loss that we have, nobody recognizes the, their air conditioning's their air conditioner until it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So we can grieve this stuff that we've lost and then be about the business of setting anew. It's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, he is Dr. Deloney. And if you're a leader listening to this right now, I really hope that you lean into everything that he's given us about how we can show up, pay attention to our feelings, figure out what they're telling us, and ultimately have those things prompt us to more rich and meaningful mm-hmm. relationships through mm-hmm. the midst of all this chaos. Hey, we believe in you guys out there. We know you're fighting. We know it's difficult right now. We know it's a battle, but you're not alone. We're in it with you. We're going to keep 
pushing and encouraging and loving on you guys. If there's anything we can do at Entree Leadership, don't hesitate to reach out and we'll be glad to help you guys out. And together, we're going to get through to the other side. Mm -hmm.